Welcome to Frequency Matters, the RF and Microwave Update Series. I'm Pat Hindle. I'm here with my guest co-host, Kim Boucher. She's a technology leader and now a senior lecturer with MIT for entrepreneurship. Welcome, Kim. Thanks, Pat. I'm happy to be here. So I know your new place has a great view, but you can't beat this, huh? No. Oh my, I haven't been to Plum Island in years, but wow, this is beautiful. Yeah, so we're coming to you at our beach edition in Plum Island in Newbury, Massachusetts. So Kim, you've been very active in the industry for many years. How has marketing and communications changed over the years? Wow, it, well in the past, I would say 10 years, there's been a huge change in um, what's been going on in the industry. Um, my background actually when I first started was B2C, so my everything was about building brands and razor thin margins. And in B2B, you have the luxury of having much bigger margins and it's much more product focused. Now what's happening is that we have to figure out ways that the sales force can find value when they're connecting with the customer and marketing's real job is to put the most relevant information through the whole customer journey online. Yeah, people have done a lot of research already before they engage and uh, we've seen that transition in Microwave Journal. We're much more active in the digital products now, but we still have a solid magazine. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure. And I'm sure it's because you have relevant information in there that has to be of value to the, to the customer. Yep, make it available in any means. That's awesome. You know, that, that's what you have to do. So in this episode, we're going to take a look at our July software and design issue. Uh, the authors are from AMCAD Engineering, and they take a look at measurement-based simulation. So I was at European Microwave Week in London in February, and I went to their booth, and they were demonstrating how they would measure data and then put it back into their models for accurate simulation. And so in this article, they look at a phased array system and really analyze each device separately and accurately measure and model it so they get a good system result. And they really concentrate on the power amplifier in it, so it's a great article to check out. So we had a few other technical articles. We had solving EM densification at the point of design by Keysight, also using 3D EM simulation to design 3D printable radar retroreflector by Fortify, and finally, the future of RF GAN technology, both uh, power and broadband amplification by Pasternak. So you've been very active in empowering women in technology. What advice would you have for women engineers in our industry? Well, there's, I mean, I've been lucky enough to um, be around a lot of wonderful women and young women coming in, and, um, and it's been great, a privilege to mentor a lot. So I think one of the themes that I see is this um, I sort of lack of confidence that I see a lot of women, that they're very intimidated, especially when you're in male-dominated fields where you, you might walk into a conference room and you're talking about a product, and there's 10 men in the room and one woman. And you know, it's tough to get that kind of confidence, but the first thing I would say, especially if you're starting out, is really get familiar with the technology. You know, after a while when you develop a rapport with the engineers and with all the different support functions, then you gain the respect of a lot of the people around you. So that's one thing I would do. The second thing I would do is really learn how to communicate your message. You know, especially when you're young and you're first coming out, you get, you know, few windows to communicate what, what you want to say. And I think there's a real skill in trying to say, okay, I only have a few minutes to get my point across. What is it that I want to say that's as crisp as possible, as convincing as possible, to sound confident and really get your ideas out there? Another thing I would do is take on a challenging project that maybe others don't want to take because you can prove yourself that way and you can start to get people that would notice that you really want to tackle something hard. So those are some tricks of the trades that I think um, you know, I have found over time to, to help me in my career and I, I can see it with a lot of the young people that I coach a lot. Well, great advice. 
So we had a special guest join us for this episode. Gary LaRude interviewed David Slack, Director of Engineering at Times Microwave, and they talked about one of my new emerging topics that I like is hypersonics. So let's take a look at a clip from that now. It's the maneuverability is the, is the real issue and, and electronics. So if, you're, if that missile is, has been launched and it's on a glide path into its target, wherever it is, um, every time it maneuvers a little bit, it loses energy. And when it loses energy, it loses range. Uh, when it loses energy, it also, that energy that it's lost has to be dissipated somewhere. And it's dissipated in terms of heat. So you have not only the heat from the friction slipping through the, uh, slipping through the airstream, but now you have this excess heat buildup because of, of maneuvering. Um, and that dealing with that heat is one of the one of the big technical challenges, and also also it's communicating. We, you know, we all know we've all seen the smart weapons. You know, we've all seen how precise and accurate they are. And those require usually someone on the ground identifying a target, communicating with that weapon, and guiding it in. Well, at hypersonic speeds, these 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 vehicles are surrounded by a plasma envelope. It's the reason the uh, space vehicles lose communications for a few seconds on on reentry. Um, you know, it just shields it from the, the communication. So, penetrating that so that you can communicate with this with this weapon and, and steer it is another big uh, big technological hurdle. So uh, it was great to hear from David Slack. I interviewed him a few months ago, and he's very interesting to talk to. So uh, turning to events and news, uh, IMS 2022 took place June 19th in uh, Denver, so we had a big crowd there, a very successful event. There were about 6,500 total attendees, which I think is probably about 80% of normal. So I feel like we're getting back into the swing of things for trade shows. Early in the year, some trade shows are running 50, 60%. Now we're up to 80, so hopefully by the fall we'll be close back to normal, or whatever the new normal is. Well, that's good. I mean, I think people need to connect with human to human and talk about, you know, products and the future and their vision, things like that. Yeah, people need to meet face to face. Definitely. Can't beat that. Definitely. So one trend we've seen is there's been a lot of acquisitions, a lot of consolidation in the industry, especially in the semiconductor sector. Some companies like Analog Devices and Qualcomm have acquired quite a few companies. Corvo has acquired a few. And at IMS 2022, it was a big coming out for Quantic Electronics. They've acquired 14 companies and they had eight companies at IMS. So they're really growing every day. But a good sign that I saw is there's a lot of startups or newer companies coming into the fold, so that's great. There's companies like Altima RF and Gorilla RF doing RF and microwave devices. There's Mixcom doing millimeter wave technology. They were just acquired by Sivers Semiconductors. There's Tagore, Millibox is doing their low cost millimeter wave anechoic chambers. And then I also saw some Korean startups, so that was very interesting. We have uh, Cremo doing antenna technology. One of my favorite millimeter wave companies is TMY Technology. And also there's iCanna that was just formed out of an acquisition. So it's good growth there with the young companies and the startups. So you've been teaching um, entrepreneurship. What advice would you have for these companies or anybody who's interested in starting a company? I think, I mean, because there's been so much startup activity, obviously there's gaps in what's being offered out there. So, you know, first you start with what's the market opportunity? What's the problem that they're trying to solve? What we always encourage is do your primary market research, which means talk to customers, identify these main themes that, that, that are consistent throughout a bunch of customers. And then actually when you figure what that is and you're building your MVP, you work with a customer that is invested in what you're trying to do to try and figure out like what are the bells and whistles and the big problems that I'm trying to solve that they can actually implement. 
And you know, once you get a bunch of customers that are interested in it and they start to you know, sign contracts, you're really kind of on your way. And the last part obviously is the funding piece. And even though the VC market is tight in other industries, I think it's actually very healthy in semiconductors. Yeah, it seems to be. It really is. So I think you know, if you have a good idea and you're building a good MVP and you're really solving a problem and you're staying very focused on that problem, you can start to gain customer traction. It's a really good formula for starting to gain, and then you can start to raise capital on that. Great, and so we did cover the event with a big summary article. We did a picture gallery, and we shot over 30 videos, and those are both interviews and demos, so you can check that out online. Yeah, that's great. So people always ask me at IMS, what were the things you saw that caught your eye? And there were two things that caught my eye there. One was RF glass. So we've seen 3D glass technology from a couple of companies, but it really seems like it's coming to the forefront now. 3D glass is now in high production on 8-inch glass wafers. And I also visited ED2, and they had a really high-performance filter that they built on glass. And finally, Keysight Technologies in their 6G testbed had a D-band system on chip that was made of glass that Nokia Bell Labs developed. So I think maybe for advanced 5G and maybe 6G, it might be the platform for a lot of these high frequency sub terahertz applications. And so another one that caught my eye was Cremo and Sivers Semiconductors were working together and they had a uh, antenna on glass technology. So the antenna is actually built into the glass display and they were using a 28 gigahertz beamformer from Mixcom Sivers Semiconductors and they set up a live demo, so that was really cool. They're working on a 3D antenna for VR applications, so they're really to keep an eye on, I think, for the future. Yeah, I think that VR and all those AI applications are really the huge opportunity for many startups as well. So, Kim, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Had, a, had great a great time. time. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I'd like to thank our sponsors. RFMW is a pure play technical distributor of RF and microwave products. I'm sporting their shirt here. They give it out annually at IMS. They reformed the X-Band and had a great concert and it was a great party that they gave every Wednesday night that they do at IMS. I'd also like to thank our other sponsor, Times Microwave. They're a designer and manufacturer of cable connectors and cable assemblies and they're part of the Amphenol family. Thanks for watching and join us next time on Frequency Matters.